I've always loved the phrase, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. I love the sense of hope that phrase contains, that sense that our origins and our limitations don't define us, that there's always room to grow, and that there's possibility for each one of us. It's not where you start, it's where you finish. Nicodemus, it turns out, is the patron saint of it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And his story, the first part of which we've just heard, weaves like a thread through John's gospel. And while this first encounter with Jesus may seem an inauspicious start, Nicodemus's story is actually a story of ending well. We'll get there in a minute. But Nicodemus also reminds us that while where you start may not determine where you end up, how you start, how you start does in fact matter a great deal. Nicodemus's story begins with this story that Booker just read so well. Nicodemus, the Pharisee and respected teacher, the member of the governing council the one who's supposed to have it all together comes to Jesus by night because he doesn't. We don't know exactly why he comes. The text doesn't tell us, but it's clear he's hungry. It's clear that there's some question he wants to ask or some problem he needs to discuss that he's too embarrassed to bring to Jesus in the light of day. So he comes by night. It's safer that way. He comes wanting something more. He comes knowing that things might be different, and yet he also seems stuck, resigned to thinking that things just might never change. After all, can a grown man climb into his mother's womb and be born again? Aren't things just the way they are? Isn't he just who he is? Jesus, Jesus, of course, knows that's not true. Jesus looks at him and loves him. Jesus looks at Nicodemus and loves him and invites him to consider the possibility that there might be new life on offer, that he might be born of water and spirit, that he might begin a great adventure of life with God, that he might experience for himself the gospel, that he might know deep down and with every fiber of his being that he's loved and held and cherished by God. Nicodemus isn't ready to accept that invitation, and so he slips back into the night from which he's come. And if that were the end, it would seem a sad story indeed. It would seem a story that began poorly and ended poorly but it's not the end. Nicodemus turns up twice more. He turns up in chapter seven of John's gospel as the chief priests debate whether to arrest Jesus. And while Nicodemus doesn't exactly stand up for Jesus, he does question the process. It's not everything, but it's a step. It's something. And then he appears again at the end of the gospel in chapter 19 as Jesus' lifeless body 
is taken down off the cross, it's Nicodemus. Not any of the disciples. It's Nicodemus who goes to Pontius Pilate and asks for Jesus' body, who offers his own tomb to bury Jesus. It's Nicodemus who finds the courage to come out and to be a disciple of Jesus when all those others are hiding far away. Truly, it's not where you start. It's where you finish. And Nicodemus finished well. But as I've come to live with this story, I've really come to believe something that I never believed before, which is that Nicodemus actually started well. Nicodemus started well because he started how he needed to, where he needed to. Where you start may not matter much, but how you start matters a great deal. And Nicodemus finished well because he started well, and he started well because he started where he needed to. Coming by night, coming in the quiet, coming with his questions, coming to wrestle about what it all might mean, and opening himself up to the possibility of being changed by a relationship with Jesus. I wonder how you and I might need to start. How you and I might learn from our brother Nicodemus. I wonder if you've ever felt a little like him, like there was something you couldn't not ask, and yet you're a little afraid to ask it, except perhaps in the silence of your own heart. Maybe you feel that way right now. I love that we get this story because we can learn from our brother. Nicodemus comes by night and allows the conversation with Jesus to unfold without the anxiety of what others will say. We too need to find times to slip away, to let everything and everyone else fall away so we can be still in God's presence. Nicodemus comes to Jesus as he is. He doesn't hide his questions or his doubts or his fears or his confusion. He's not afraid to say he doesn't understand. He gets real with Jesus and allows the conversation to unfold. That's how it's meant to be for us too. We don't have to pray with stained glass voices. We aren't meant to say just what we think we're supposed to say. Prayer is a conversation with God that needs and is invited to be honest. But it's also a conversation like any other where we need to listen. For as Nicodemus heard, so we too can hear God whispering in our ears when we dare to get quiet enough to hear. God so loves the world so loves the world that he entered into it, so loves the world that he came to teach and to heal, to feed and forgive, so loves the world that he was lifted high on a cross to take away the power of death, so loves the world that he came not to condemn it, but that we might be saved and find new life in him. God knows you and me. He loves you and me. 
not as we might be, but as we are, not just when we finish well, but as we start fumbling in the dark. So let's learn from our brother. Let's hear that love. Let's carve out that time to get real with God. Let's bring our whole selves into the light of his love. And having started well, may we finish well, like Nicodemus did, not looking on from the sidelines, but all as a disciple, trying, trying as best we can to live and to love like Jesus.